0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Dietetics Anonymous podcast where we talk all things nutrition, health, and holistic wellness. I'm your host, Kayla Abella, also known as Nutri-K. I'm a soon-to-be registered dietitian and I am very passionate about spreading the word about health and nutrition. Now, without further ado, let's get started.
1: Hey everyone and welcome to episode 4 of the Dietetics Anonymous podcast. I'm so excited to be here with you guys today. I know I took 2 weeks off from the podcast. I didn't post the past 2 Saturdays, but I am back and I'm back in the swing of things and I'm really excited to talk to you guys about today's topic, food anxiety and the holidays. So, we just had July 4th here in America and I know that this is kind of relevant for a lot of people because July 4th is a big food holiday. We have barbecues, we got ribs, we got burgers, we got the whole nine yards. So it's definitely a lot of big meals, big parties, big personalities, and it can be tough for people who suffer from eating disorders or any form of anxiety. Or just people in general. I mean, it's a lot going on. So I kind of want to kick off today's chat with my experience with having food anxiety during the holidays. So as I've mentioned before in previous podcasts, I've talked about it on my page, I suffer from two eating disorders, which I currently am recovering from both of them. So I wouldn't say I'm currently suffering from them, but it has been a very prominent thing in my life. So I have orthorexia and I have avoidant restrictive feeding disorders. So both stem from issues that I had in the past with my esophagitis, different like illnesses I had with my stomach. So I have a lot of nervousness about mainly getting nauseous and eating in uh, surrounding of a big group. It can be really nerve wracking for me because I'm like, oh, if I eat this, am I going to get nauseous? Kind of like taking you through a path that my mind goes through. It's like let's say we have a plate full of ribs and potatoes and all those like delicious big foods that are kind of heavy for some people. I usually start to think, am I going to eat this and feel nauseous? Am I going to feel overly full? Am I close to a bathroom? There's a lot of noises going on, a lot of lighting situations that can be a little bit triggering for me. So it's kind of a mixture of my anxiety and just the fear of getting nauseous. So it's been a struggle I was on a lot of different diets, too, in the past few years trying to figure out what was causing my nausea and my bloat and my gastroesophageal issues. So that was also a struggle because I kept going to holiday parties, even, I mean, in the beginning, meeting Tim's family. Um, it was a struggle because I was on a different diet every week, (laughs) which became kind of like, I I felt bad. I felt like I was a burden to people. So I think that's another fear that people feel when it comes to like eating around the holidays, eating at big family parties, you might feel like a burden if you're on a certain diet, if you're following a certain regimen. So that was definitely tough. Um, Especially I think right now is probably the toughest because right now I'm following a gluten-free, dairy-free, low FODMAP diet because I'm trying to kind of get to the root of my IBS, which I'll talk about that in another podcast because that's a whole other challenge in itself. But having these fears, having these restrictions can be a big challenge during the holidays. So I guess I'll dive a little bit deeper into orthorexia because I feel like that is something that a lot of people are suffering from right now. And especially during the holidays, it can be tough. So those with orthorexia essentially have kind of an overly—I don't even know how to put it—like they overly examine their diet. Everything needs to be a certain way. So for me, I go in and out of like everything needs to be clean eating. Like I get this like kind of phase where I'm like, okay, everything has to be clean, 100% clean, organic, natural. I look for those labels on the packages, which is great. It's great, but. There needs to be a little flexibility or you'll drive yourself insane. So I definitely feel like I was bringing my diet to the holiday. I was telling my family, you know what? Right now I'm vegan. I'm gluten-free. I'm dairy Like all this stuff. And it was like near impossible for them to cook for me, which there's a fine line. If you have issues, like I, right now, the only reason I'm doing gluten-free, dairy-free, low FODMAP is because I really do have a problem. I am having a lot of issues with my IBS. It's acting up. So there, it's like, you know what? This is my issue. I'll get into it a little bit later of, like, ways to help that, but, like, there's a fine line between overly being critical of the food that you're being served, like, saying, okay, is this organic? Is this pasteurized? Is this... And, like, driving yourself insane and actually having an issue. Like, if you're allergic to peanuts, I mean obviously you're not going to force feed yourself peanuts at the holiday table. If you can't have dairy, you don't want to have to like poop your pants in the middle of the table. So it's one of those things you got to find that balance. But bringing your diet to the holiday can cause a lot of social issues. Um, It can be uncomfortable. It can be embarrassing. So that's definitely another thing that people struggle with. And then another issue is sometimes if you have orthorexia, if you're Consistently dieting, if you're caught in the diet cycle, you don't even have to label it orthorexia. If you just diet consistently and then you go to the holiday party and you eat all this stuff because this whole time you've been eating like saltine crackers and lettuce, and now all of a sudden you're having a rack of ribs and a cake, you might start to feel really down on yourself, which is something that we need to address. This is a huge problem people kind of fall into where they've been dieting so. Like rigorously, that once the holidays hit, they completely lose it. They binge, they feel terrible, they're sad, they're angry. I mean, they just physically feel bad, they mentally feel bad. So, that's definitely like a big issue with the dieting cycle and the holidays. So, again, I'll address this like kind of ways to help towards the end of this. But the next thing is avoiding restrictive feeding disorders. So, let's say you're actually scared of eating the food. So, for me, I was literally nervous to eat the food because I felt like, okay, if I have this, I'm going to start to feel nauseous. And I went through a phase where like, I literally didn't even want the smell of food on me. So I would put Purell everywhere. Like I was like a Purell fanatic because I just wanted fresh smells. And like, I felt like things would stick to my mouth and like, I don't know. I had a lot of weird things going on (laughs) in my head there. But there was a fear of getting nauseous. So I would only eat salads when I went out. I would only eat fresh vegetables. I didn't want anything else. I would eat small portions and it just became like kind of embarrassing because people noticed that I was eating less. They didn't understand what was going on. Some people didn't mention it to me directly. They would kind of say something to my mom or like whoever I was with. And some people would just straight up be like, what is going on? Like, why are you not eating enough? Which it can be embarrassing to kind of talk about it and explain yourself to other people because at the time, I didn't even know there was a label for what I was suffering from. So at the time, I was like, look, I'm just scared to eat because every time I eat, I feel sick. But essentially, it was something that I needed to deal with with the help of a professional and kind of something I needed to delve in within myself. So this can be a fear of the food itself causing any kind of pain or nausea this can be a fear of like the types of food that are being served it can be like textures sights of food smells of food so it can go really deep within the restrictive feeding disorder and it can be tough when you're only picking up like little things on the table like salads and stuff because people notice that people don't really have a filter and they might say things so that kind of goes along with my next thing, like the whole eat more, you're too skinny. It's a common thing that family members tell us, and I'm sure they mean it out of the bottom of their heart love, but it can be a toxic like statement or a conversation that they're trying to provoke. If you're telling someone who they have on their plate, like, I don't know, just vegetables or something, and they're like nervous to eat stuff, and you're like, oh, like, why don't you eat more? You're too skinny, like this and that. It can make them nervous, it can make them feel bad about what they're suffering from. They might end up force feeding themselves more to avoid the social faux pas and then feeling sick. So it can be really like a problem to handle things that way. So yes, on their end, it's good to educate them, let them know, hey, I don't really feel well. Like, there's many ways to kind of address this because I feel like it really depends on who you're addressing, the type of person you're addressing, because some people, they'll never change. They're just going to kind of float over it. And those people, that's when you kind of have to say to yourself, you know what, that's how that person is. They're always going to be like, hey, you're too skinny. You're, you got to eat more, eat this, blah, blah, blah. And that's when you kindly just say, you know, I'm good. Thank you very much. Like, I actually really like this vegetable. Maybe you crack a joke back and be like, oh, I'm trying to like avoid meat or I don't know make some kind of joke, kind of take it lightly because there are some people you just can't change. People are going to say things you can't control what other people say. But if you think that it's a person you're addressing that you can give the opportunity to kind of educate them what you're going through, maybe if you're comfortable doing that, that's another good way to do it. They can also like kind of make other people aware so that it's not like a reoccurring thing that happens. So you don't have to like educate everybody, but If somebody says that maybe you say you know actually like I'm kind of going through something right now where like not all foods are settling well with me and I'm kind of nervous to eat some of those foods so I'm just going to stick with this but I appreciate your concern it's a really great way to kind of open people's eyes because maybe you just taught them hey maybe I shouldn't comment on that because maybe somebody is going through something so you can learn use it as a learning opportunity for some folks and that can be really good for kind of helping other people so that they don't fall in the same kind of cycle of like talking about what people are having on their plate and talking about people's bodies because it's just not necessary. So that's the next thing I wanted to kind of touch upon. So body talk, like when we go to see family, we have family and friend parties and all this stuff. There's bound to be one person to say, Hey, you look great. Did you lose weight? or hey, you look really skinny. You got to eat some some of the food on this plate or wow, like you should be careful eating all that stuff. You're going to pack on the pounds. So there's a lot of different toxic body talk that can occur at these parties. People are drinking. People are just naturally a little bit judgmental or they like to bring up these things because they've been doing it for years and they've never seen a problem. So how do we handle this body talk? How do we steer the conversation away from the body talk so that we can just enjoy our time and we don't have to start getting into that whole self conscious, like faux pas, mosh pit of emotions. So, there are multiple ways to do this. Again, there's some people you can't change. There's some people that just are going to say things, you got to laugh it off and just kind of shake it off. But other people, this might be an opportunity to say, you know what? I don't really want to talk about that are actually I was sick and I'm and like this so I think this is a better way to go about it when I was sick with esophagitis I dropped down my lowest weight was about 85 pounds I was 17 so I was super super underweight and it was consistently mentioned to me that I was too skinny I look sick I look like a skeleton lots of those things so a lot of the times, I kind of just like bottled it up, I got upset, I went home, I cried it out, but I realized people are going to keep doing this unless I say something because they don't know any better. They probably are not trying to hurt my feelings. I doubt that there's that many people out there who are malicious. I think that they're doing it out of just pure innocence and just like not knowing better. so I eventually just began telling my story. I was like, actually I, I am sick i can't eat this type of food there's like some kind of stuff in my esophagus like it was kind of hard to explain to people because I mean I think esophagitis is for like older people or something but I was like a kid and I had it so it was something that was interesting to people they didn't know about it and from then on I'm sure that kind of impacted them a little bit in the way that they talked to people about their bodies or well let's back it up there maybe it steered them away from talking to people about their bodies, period, because that should not be a conversation we're having. You don't need to comment on someone's body. You don't need to comment on the amount of food they're taking in. And if you have the opportunity presented to you where you can educate someone, you can talk to them in a gentle manner though. You don't want to be like the body positivity police because nobody likes that person. Just kind of spreading awareness in a gentle manner is always important because it helps correct behaviors that are toxic and it makes everybody have a much better time. So that's my two cents on the body talk. So then the other problem that I do see with anxiety with food around the holidays is the whole saving calories thing. So a lot of people will start to say, you know what, I'm eating this big meal tonight, I'm just not going to eat anything during the day. And that directly leads to binge eating. So this becomes this crazy cycle where it's like, I'm going to save calories all day, or I'm going to say I'm going to eat light this week because I have a party this weekend. And it just is like, you're so hungry and your body is so deprived of nutrients that you just overdo it at this party and then you feel sick, you feel bad about yourself, And then you go again, you're like, no, this week I'm only going to have juice or I'm only going to have salad. And then again, at the end of the week, you binge on French fries and burgers and all this stuff and you feel sick. So it just adds to the dieting cycle. It's completely unnecessary. You can have a wonderful meal for breakfast, lunch, and then when dinner time comes and the party's happening, you can have a meal too because you eat three meals a day every other day. There's no need to... Do it different for the holiday day if that makes sense and then just some tips like ways to help all of these situations so when it comes to having issues like for me like i am gluten free and dairy free and all this stuff so when it comes to a holiday party if i feel like there's not going to be a food option there for me maybe i'll say hey you know what let me bring the appetizer or something And I'll make something really fun that encompasses everything that is safe or good for me to eat. And I'll make enough for other people to try because in that sense, I'm getting food for me and I have something that I can eat that I feel comfortable eating. I won't have anxiety around it. And I'm also introducing a new food, a new recipe to other people, which can be so awesome. And this actually happened when I went to the 4th of July um, with my boyfriend's family. I had this brand of gluten-free glazed donuts and I was able to make enough to share with other people and they ended up loving them and even people who were not gluten-free were loving them so it was a really cool moment because I was like wow I shared something that was safe for me it made me comfortable with other people and they enjoyed it so it was a really cool experience and I think that that's a great way to kind of get people comfortable with like the fact that not everybody can just eat anything. There are people who have issues. There are people who are struggling with things. So it keeps the conversation open. It keeps people's minds open. And you're sharing new your food, which everybody loves. And then again, just redirecting the conversation. If something comes up, it's a little uncomfortable. There's no need to get into arguments. There's no need to be a little bit like angry or snarky or anything like that. People will always say things, people will always open their mouths, people will always a little naive and that's totally fine because we're here to learn we're here to build off of each other we're here to like be happy enjoy each other's company there's no need to get too upset about it but you can always redirect the conversation or you can educate others if you feel like it's appropriate opportunity to kind of tell people about it I I definitely don't recommend like Talking down to them. Don't say, like, oh, you did this wrong. Just take it as an opportunity. Be like, why am I not eating this food? Oh, well, you know what? I actually have a gluten problem. Let me tell you a little bit more about it so they can learn about it. There's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't come off as you're trying to correct them. It doesn't come off as you're, like, kind of, I don't know, punishing them or (laughs) I don't know how to, like, disciplining them or I don't know. It comes off like you're just trying to share a story about yourself, which is great for them they're learning it makes it interesting and they respect your choice so and then lastly try not to take it personally I mean I don't think anybody is really out there to get you in the sense of like oh wow like that person's like not eating enough food let me go like make them feel bad it's usually just they genuinely just want to make sure that you're happy and that you're eating enough and that you like the food It's really never anything personal, so you shouldn't take it personally. And if it really is bothering you, just remove yourself from the situation. Maybe, like, just kind of smile and nod, say, yeah, like, that's funny. I'm not eating enough. I don't know. (laughs) Like, there's always a way to kind of push it away. Go do something else because there's always going to be people that you can't change. And that's fine. Totally accept it. Don't take it personally. Just be happy, enjoy yourself, enjoy your family time, and enjoy the holidays. And yeah, I mean, I think that is all I have to say about this. But I'm really glad that I got to share this because I feel like this is something that a lot of people struggle with. I personally struggle with it a lot. I'm still figuring out the ropes. So, of course, I will update you guys if I kind of (laughs) learn new strategies to deal with these things. But so far, This has been kind of my experience with food anxiety and the holidays and just family parties, parties in general, but if anybody ever, or if any of you ever have any questions about this, you want me to talk about another topic similar or like anything like that, I'm always open to suggestions and I love hearing from you guys, just kind of your opinions on this, your experiences, all that so thank you so much for listening and I hope you guys have a wonderful week and I will see you guys back here or you guys will hear me back here next Saturday at 10 a.m for my next podcast number five
0: Thank you guys so much for listening. Again, I am your host Kayla Abella, also known as NutriK, and you can connect with me on Instagram at, at @nutrik and my website www.nutrikwellness.com. I am now offering one-to-one counseling sessions specializing in intuitive eating, binge eating, and just overall generalized wellness. Thank you so much for listening again, and I'm so excited to be doing this podcast with you. I hope you tune in next week for our next episode on Saturday. Thank you so much.